Hey everyone, this is Mark Ruffalo, and you're listening to News Coup with Public Herald. One does not necessarily allow the state to define what is legal. Now, the state has the power to enforce a certain concept of what is legal, but power doesn't imply justice or correctness even. Throughout American history, the political leaders have always exhorted the American people to be nice and quiet and leave things to them. But when very serious evils confronted the American people, they had to go beyond the congressmen and the senators, and they had to commit civil disobedience, and they had even to break the law. This is News Coup, a public herald production where we overthrow the status quo. I'm your host, Joshua Rabanek, editor-in-chief at Public Herald, and welcome to part two of our Ohio Tenor Mountain series. In part one, we found out that Ohio's been operating a shadow industry off the record for nearly a decade now um, through these chief's order systems, these permits that the state creates, basically rubber stamps anybody who wants to treat the waste and has no kind of paper trail about how much waste has gone through those chief's orders facilities, where that waste is now. Uh, all we know right now is where those things are and potentially which waters they could be impacting. It'll be up to legislators and the public to call on the state to do something about that and get these chief's orders under control and get the information to the public. For part two, we find our investigation uncovers Ohio is illegally building radioactive mountains affecting 26 waterways. This story's lead author is again Talia Weiner, with editing of the story coming from myself and Melissa Troutman, contributions from us both as well, as well as contributions from Jake Conley and Elijah Labby. If you're a patron and a frequent supporter of Public Herald's work, we thank you because you've helped to make this story possible. For anyone who's not and wants to contribute to our work, they can do so at Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash publicherald and become a patron for as little as a dollar. If you're listening to this and you want to get all of Public Herald's latest reporting, make sure to take a second and subscribe to News Coup wherever you get your podcasts. With that, let's start the story. Lynn Anderson spent her teen years exploring a piece of land that sat right on the border between Ohio and Pennsylvania. She rode her horse through the winding trails, swam in the quarry, and watched critters congregate around the lakes. Since 1984, that land has been owned and operated by Carbon Limestone Company, which became one of the largest limestone producers in Ohio. But by 1972, when Anderson was 15, All the limestone had been extracted, and she roamed the uneven land freely. Twenty-five years later, Anderson returned to her stomping grounds in eastern Ohio, hoping again to walk along the trails and dip her toe in the water. But a surprise awaited for her. The land had been transformed. So I went out to, you know, see the beautiful quarries, and there was 
flat land as far as you can see. It was called BFI. There was a guard shack on one side. You couldn't get in it. It was totally filled. I could not believe that we had that much shit that we filled up that much area with. No one was allowed onto the property, which was guarded by security. The quarry land was purchased by Browning Ferris Industries in 1995, then sold to BFI, then to Allied Waste, who then merged with Republic Services. It's known today as the Republic Services Carbon Limestone Landfill. In 2019, the landfill received over 1.3 million tons of waste, including radioactive fracking waste. America is building Tenor Mountains, and in Ohio, that's illegal. Never before in the history of America has the country undertaken an experiment like what's happening with radioactive material from oil and gas fracking. Everyone knows that oil and gas wells produce oil and natural gas, but few people understand that these wells also produce radioactive waste or that it's being disposed of in communities alongside household trash. The EPA defines the radioactive portion of the waste as T-norm, technically enhanced, naturally occurring radioactive material. And in communities across shale plays like Ohio, T-norm is piling up in watersheds. The Public Services Carbon Limestone Landfill is one of the eight landfills in Ohio currently receiving waste from unconventional oil and gas operations, according to information acquired by Public Herald from the Ohio EPA. In Ohio, T-norm disposal at landfills falls under the Ohio Code 3734.02, which states that a solid waste facility cannot accept or transfer T-norm if it contains radium-226, radium-228, or any combination of the two at more than five picocuries per gram over the natural background. It's worth repeating that this code puts the limit of T-norm coming into or out of landfills at five picocuries per gram. Not much testing has been done on T-norm waste in Ohio, but much of the T-norm waste arriving at Ohio landfills is from the Marcellus Shale, the same shale waste that has been tested in a 2016 Pennsylvania T-norm study. In that study, radium levels from fracking waste in the Marcellus were detected as high as 13 picocuries per gram, more than 2.5 times greater than the Ohio code permits. The average load for combined radium, the 226 and 228 that was just mentioned, reported in the study from 18 samples was 5.847 picocuries per gram, again exceeding the Ohio code of 5 picocuries per gram. But even though Ohio's T-norm code places a strict standard on radioactive waste disposal, the state hasn't produced documentation to Public Herald of measurement enforcement for radium at landfills. overwhelmingly strong that that uh, the waste and disposal practices in Ohio are seeing a great deal of material that exceeds the limits. Said Ohio Attorney Terry Lodge. I think the state's well aware of the processes of, of deregulation. The 
regulatory structure in Ohio for fracking is is designed to give the public a very false sense that something is being done, that protections are in place. Uh, the politicians are relying on the uh, on the, the very shallow belief that nobody would would let, nobody from the government would allow us to be exposed to dangerous lethal material. Uh, would allow workers in the industry to be systematically poisoned. Nobody would allow that. Certainly, the Ohio government wouldn't allow it. And it is precisely the opposite. But the truth is that yes, there is there is very very little actual regulation going on. When Ohio EPA responded to Public Herald's request for comment about the problems with T-Norm, they sent us the following statement. No landfill in Ohio has authorization to accept T-Norm above 5 picocuries per gram above natural background. As such, Ohio regulations are set to manage T-Norm at the source. We believe this is an effective approach for protecting public health and the environment, end quote. Ohio EPA also told us that the T-Norm regulation is the Ohio Department of Health's responsibility. The Ohio Department of Health has published a briefing document on T-norm regulations in Ohio that states, Solid waste landfills can only accept T-norm waste for disposal at concentrations less than 5 picocuries per gram above natural background. However, quote, if a solid waste landfill or other facility wants to dilute T-norm wastes and concentrations greater than or equal to 5 picocuries per gram above natural background prior to disposal, this activity requires authorization from the Ohio Department of Health. End quote. Again from the ODH, quote, In the event that solid wastes cannot be managed at a solid waste landfill because of elevated levels of T-norm, the waste must be sent to a low-level radioactive waste disposal facility, end quote, according to the Ohio Department of Health. Public Herald was unable to verify the statements from the Ohio EPA and the Ohio Department of Health since neither agency provided statewide documentation of drill-cutting test results that used gamma spectroscopy to negate the levels of radium detected in the Pennsylvania's Marcellus Shale T-norm study that we just cited from earlier in the story uh, where levels of radium all breached the 5 picocuries per gram required by the state. Public Herald sent requests for comment on the probable code violations to the offices of the Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost and Ohio Governor Mike DeWine. Neither office replied to the requests before Public Herald's print deadline. While the two states share the same shale plays for fracked gas, the Marcellus and Utica formations, Public Herald has found Pennsylvania's T-norm regulations are much weaker than Ohio's, while both states inadequately enforce or measure for T-norm. If Pennsylvania landfills shared the same law as Ohio for T-norm waste, they would be operating illegally. In this section, we talk about how radioactive rainwater is getting into waterways. According to data from Pennsylvania's 2016 T-norm study, landfills accepting residual waste in the form of unconventional drilling solids from the Marcellus Shale are receiving loads of T-norm, mainly in the form of radionuclides radium-226 and radium-228, at levels that would exceed Ohio's T-norm code of 5 picocuries per gram. DEP data says over 4.8 million gallons of Pennsylvania's oil and gas well waste was sent to Ohio waste facilities in 2020. When rain falls on landfills, water passes through the collected waste and carries, or leaches, some water-soluble contaminants out of the landfill with it. The resulting liquid is contained and stored as leachate. 
Oil and gas T-norm waste enters landfills in the form of drill cuttings, pipe scale, produced waters, flowback water, sludge, filtration sleeves, filter socks, and contaminated equipment. According to the industry itself, every part involves radioactivity. A 1982 report commissioned by American Petroleum Institute stated, almost all materials of interest and use in the petroleum industry contain measurable quantities of radionuclides that reside finely in processing equipment, produced streams, or waste. Since radionuclides from oil and gas waste are water-soluble, when it rains at the landfill, they pass into the leachate. From these landfills, the leachate is taken to a variety of places, like wastewater treatment plants, where it then gets discharged into waterways. In 2019, Public Herald found Ohio's eight landfills accepting fracking waste generated over 175 million gallons of leachate. All of it would have contained T-norm, according to experts like Dr. Marco Keltevin, a nuclear forensic scientist at the Worcester Polytechnic Institute. We have a fixed amount of radioactivity. Um, and when we change its form, you know, from, from a liquid to a solid or, or whatever, uh, we're not doing anything to change the actual amount of radioactivity that's present. The other concern is when you, you have an open air system where, where um, presumably water is evaporating, you're also losing um, radon, which is the gaseous decay product of, of radium and is often associated with T-norm. And that, that radon goes somewhere and it, it converts into new decay products, many of which are still very radiotoxic. So we're getting in, uh, you know, once again, we're, we're moving it from one part of the environment to the other without really dealing with it. According to information provided by the Ohio EPA, the leachate from frac waste landfills would be sent to 13 wastewater treatment plants, 10 of which are located in Ohio. Dr. Kaltevin says that while these treatment plants are able to treat biological materials, they are unfit to deal with radioactive materials. As the waste moves through the treatment plant and into waterways, the level of radioactivity remains the same. Mixing the waste with water may actually allow the radium to accumulate in sediment and more easily move downstream. 26 Ohio waterways are possibly impacted by discharge from the Ohio facilities receiving fracking waste, as well as two additional waterways in nearby states, according to information provided by the Ohio EPA to Public Herald. In Pennsylvania's 2016 T-norm study, Soil samples from the discharge points of nine centralized waste treatment sites, or CWTs, where processed fracking waste is discharged, contained radium concentrations of up to 508 picocuries per gram, over 100 times the EPA's stated limit at the federal level. A T-norm study concluded, the effluent wastewater also contained radium and is the likely source of the sediment-impacted soil. These sewage treatment plants aren't a treatment system for radium, their transit system. Kaltman told Public Carroll. After filtering through all their waste, Ohio wastewater treatment plants can produce their own leftover sludge. When the waste they are processing is made up of radioactive fracking waste, that sludge contains an even more concentrated level of radioactivity, said Kaltman. In Ohio, these wastewater treatment plants are required to annually report the weight of sludge transferred to other facilities for final disposal. 
in 2019, eight wastewater treatment plants that received fracking waste from landfills took over 7,000 tons of sludge to the disposal facilities around Ohio, according to the information from the Ohio EPA. The wastewater treatment plants in Ohio are required to submit reports to the Ohio EPA that include the volume of leachate they receive, but they are not required to report the makeup of that leachate. The public has no way of knowing the levels of radioactivity moving through these plants. Confirmed by the agency's media relations manager, James Lee, these reports do not detail chemical composition constituents of the leachate received, end quote. So how much radioactive leachate is entering Ohio waters? Well, the Alliance Wastewater Treatment Plant in Stark County, Ohio, received the most leachate of any wastewater treatment plant in 2019, totaling 59,057,529 gallons. This leachate arrived from four different landfills across the state and was released in accordance with an NPDES permit from the Ohio EPA into Beach Creek at Berlin Reservoir, continuing downstream into the Ohio River. The failure to require testing to determine the amount of radioactive material in the waste leaves communities uninformed and in possible danger. Well, let's put it this way. If you went to the pharmacy and they said, here are 10 pills, there are exactly 10, and they weigh 11.47 grams, but we're not going to tell you their chemical composition. Just take them and go home. We probably would say no. Right. <laughs> and the same thing applies here. There's simply not enough information to decide if these treatment plants are operating lawfully. Um, and separately, if they're operating in a way that's protective of the environment and the public health and safety. Terry Lodge, the Ohio attorney who has specialized in environment and energy issues since the late 1970s, says that relying on data from Pennsylvania is the only way to know what is really going on in Ohio, since Ohio does not collect data about the origin or disposition of the fracking waste moving within its borders. You rely on the fundamental honesty of someone whose business model uh, relies on having absolutely minimal regulation. The landfills where the fracking wastes are disposed of are not required to have any particular kind of monitoring equipment or devices. Uh, while the Public Utilities Commission of Ohio does have signage requirements, um, in other words, the signs would be put on tanks of, uh, of, of probably radioactive fracking waste tank trucks that are being transported, that is uh, is believed, widely believed to be almost completely ignored. Uh, so you have a lot of midnight uh, transportation. Um, the public health department, pardon me, the state health department of health, was instructed explicitly in an act passed in 2013 to not maintain any data on the origin or disposition of fracking waste that is transported within Ohio. So it creates a host of problems. The very long half-life of the radium-226, for instance, means that it will not reduce to relatively harmless background levels of radium for more than 11,000 years. Since the half-life of radium-226 is 1,600 years, 
That means it takes 16 centuries for one half of the nuclei of a radium particle to decay. I mean, this is a, an incredible, effectively permanent problem that is being created daily. Dr. Julie Weatherington Rice, an earth scientist and adjunct professor for Ohio State University with a PhD in soil science, says that the already minimal testing requirements in Ohio are only getting weaker and weaker, which means there is no way to verify what is coming in and out of these facilities. So they've been watered down and watered down and watered down and watered down, said Weatherington Rice. Until we have pretty much almost no rules at all. Pennsylvania Governor Wolf's administration in coordination with the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection, announced July 26 that it would begin to require quarterly testing of leachate for radium at all Pennsylvania landfills. The move comes five years after the release of DEP's 2016 study, which found that radium in landfill waste was a cause for concern. I, had, I ended up having this to say about the Wolf Administration's announcement. After two years of public herald investigations exposing the statewide radioactive leachate problem, DEP's response, while a step in the right direction, barely scratches the surface of the science required to tackle this problem. Worst yet, DEP has again attempted to downplay the T-norm issue by releasing false propaganda about its 2016 study. While we hope the Attorney General's response would bring criminal action for the state's negligence on this issue, it appears the release of this material for over a decade into public waters will likely go uncharged. Public Herald remains steadfast in informing the public and holding the governor, the attorney general, the DOH, and the DEP accountable for their actions. End quote. The DeWine administration in Ohio, however, has yet to make a similar regulatory move, leaving a hole in the knowledge the state has of what's going on and what's coming into and out of its landfills and treatment plants a point echoed by Dr. Weatherington Rice. Those gate posts were never designed for that kind of scanning. That when they built those things and designed those things, they're designed for hospital wastes, which are really, really, really hot, but decay really rapidly. They don't know what they put in that landfill. They may think they do, but they don't. While rules exist in Ohio concerning the testing and facilitation of waste disposal, they are scant and do little to control radioactivity. If future legislation does not address these issues, the health of Ohio's waterways will continue to be put at risk. And that will do it for part two of the Ohio Tenor Mountain series. You can get part one by subscribing to NewsCube on your podcast channels. You can also read all the stories in the series by going to publicherald.org slash tnorm. You can support this work by becoming a Public Herald patron. Go to patreon.com slash publicherald and for as little as a dollar, uh, you can help to make this kind of reporting possible. For all the patrons out there that have helped us up to this point, we thank you. And we will continue to hold those in power accountable as long as we can.
music for this podcast was made by Heavy Color and is part of the soundtrack of the documentary Invisible Hand. We also want to thank Matt Westerhold, Tom Jackson, and Aaron Caldwell, this Nusky Register, who published this story front page in print and also distributed it to six other papers in Ohio. If you're in one of the locations of the Ogden Papers in Ohio, make sure to stop and get this story in print. This has been News Coup, where we overthrow the status quo. I'm your host, Joshua Probanik, and we'll see you at the next story.